Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP practitioner course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. NLPwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. What's going on? Welcome back to another episode. So excited. I'm always excited every single week to be here on The Driven Entrepreneur because you're here, you're listening, and you are doing something in life. You're doing something in your business. Um, I love it. Like I love being around entrepreneurs and that's one of the biggest reasons why I started this show is because I want to be around more people like you and more people like our guests this week. Today, I have the blessing of interviewing someone who's been uh, instrumental in my business, as well as someone who's become a dear friend of mine. Uh, Mr. Tom Schwab is here, the founder of Interview Valet. Now, today, it's a really interesting place. You know, it's uh, digitally, you can be anywhere doing anything. And there's three second views on Facebook and there's Instagram videos and there's swiping up and swiping lefts and, and everyone's trying to get attention. But podcasting and radio, this is still one of the places that is nice and slow, meaning we can have real conversations. Um, and people want that. People are thriving for that right now. So my guest, Tom, his entire business is helping you get your message out when people are continually bombarded with all the new tools, all the new goals, all the new ideas. Tom is a Navy veteran. He's an inbound marketing engineer, um, and he has a refreshingly different approach. Um, I love his approach. I've uh, worked with Tom as a client. I've also worked with Tom as a vendor, and I've hung out with Tom and uh, eaten and had drinks with him and, and uh, brought my son out to meet him and just hung out together. We live about 45 minutes away, which is pretty incredible being all the way in Michigan. He's an author, a speaker, a teacher. He helps you to get more traffic, more leads, and raving fans. Uh, all about how you can be interviewed on podcasts. So he has an incredible media company. He's the author of Podcast Guest Profits book. I want to get into that a little bit before too much longer. Tom, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? Matt, I am honored and thrilled to be here. Me too. Me too. I see you got a lot of books in the background there. Are these all uh, your books? Are these books you like to read, you have read? And give me a, a smattering of, is it personal development? Is it business? Is it fiction? Is it spiritual? Tell me about your bookshelf. I, I always say that if you see a book on my bookshelf, it's because it is something that is very, very meaningful to me. Um, I read about a book a week. And I feel like I lie when I say that because I listen to books. Uh, and for <laughs> me, um, I listen at 2x as I run at half x. But that's just the way I consume content. So if a book is really great to me uh, after I listen to it, then I order the physical copy of it. And that's the one that I go back and I, I read, I highlight, um, I study, because um, I really want to, to learn that book. So, uh, you know, 
to me, that's that's one of my guilty pleasures. Um, I'm a lousy uh, golfer, a much better reader. And uh, to me, it's, you know, uh, it, it's my expensive hobby because it takes lots of time, but I sure enjoy it. And lots of, um, of audible credits, I'm sure. Um, my accountant would know how much I spend. Luckily, <laughs> we don't break it out into a single line item. Uh, but Amazon uh, knows where my house is. Hey, hey, look, man, if, uh, if your biggest guilty pleasure is reading too many books, uh, I think you're doing okay. I think your family's going to be happy with that. You know, it's an interesting conversation we have because, um, you know, you and I do a ton of podcasting. We, and we have our podcast and we podcast for guests and we have guests on all the time. And it comes up a lot about like listening to content. And for me, like I'm a terrible uh, audible listener. Like I don't like books audible and a lot of people love them. I love listening to podcasts. I listen to podcasts galore, but there's something about a conversation I can follow really easily, no matter how long it is. But book chapters I struggle with. So it's interesting to hear. So you're, you're in both worlds. You just prefer audio pretty much over anything, it seems like. I, I do. And I have to listen at it sped up, right? Because my mind tends to wander. So if I listen at just normal speed, my mind wanders. But if it's sped up, I have to focus. And I think that's one of the great things about media today, right? You can produce in the form that's easiest for you and then repurpose it into the form that's easiest for others, right? So I've written a lot of blogs in my life. Almost all of them felt like homework assignments, right? So for me, the easiest way to do it is, uh, you know, to think of a blog topic, um, you know, to come up with the, the bullet points in the shower and then to go on a rant for five or six minutes into a recorder and then have somebody else clean or transcribe it and then clean it up into a blog or take a podcast interview like this and turn it into a blog, turn it into a, a meme, uh, a video. Uh, you know, I remember somebody asking me about um, podcasts, right? About 51% of the U S population listens to podcasts. Yes. And they said, when do you think that'll get to a hundred? And I thought, and it's like, I don't know that television or radio ever got to 100%. You know, 10% of the U.S. population is hearing impaired. I don't think they're going to listen to my podcast. But you could take that transcript and they may, uh, they may consume the transcript that way. So I, I think it's just a wonderful world we live in where you can say, I read a book um, and, uh, you know, I, you consumed a book. And that's what it's all about. Really, really interesting. You know, the, how, how, how um, just media in general is changing and shifting. And it is like, you know, I, I still do a lot of television. Like I'll do morning shows and things for the business. And it's interesting because there's still people watching TV. And I think I haven't had TV in 10 years, maybe 15 years. You know, I haven't had cable in forever. Um, you know, we do our Netflix and our Hulu and things like that, Disney Plus. But now it's like every time I go on, there's still people who watch TV and their morning shows. And there's people who DVR things. And there's people who only Netflix things and there's people who still are, are on Reddit and feverently, you know, consuming uh, forums and chat rooms. And it's like, man, I haven't been in a chat room since AOL, you know, but there's people that are going to go where they go. So in, I guess let me ask you about this is so then when it comes to say like a business platform, would you totally agree then that it's not about what platform are you going to be on? It's about taking that message, that content, and then repurposing, as you said, do every platform possible and available because you need to reach the people where they are rather than the old schools. We're trying to get them to come to us, mm -hmm. right? It's like, Hey, come to me. Like you said, come listen to my podcast. It was like, no, yeah, go on YouTube. That's fine. It's all over there too. 
or go, yeah, read my blog. If you like blogs, it's over there too. I would agree with that, but put a little caveat in it. I don't think you need to be everywhere. You need to be everywhere your ideal customers are. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of platforms out there. I remember, uh, uh, oh, this is probably, I don't know, a decade ago, my, my youngest daughter um, was in middle school and she came to me and she said, dad, you need to be on Instagram. And I said, why? Right. And she says, because, because me and, or no, she says, everybody's on Instagram. Everyone's on Instagram. And I said, well, define everybody. And she says, me and all my friends, right? Well, my, my clients were not middle school girls. What? And at that time, at that time, you know, it would have been creepy for me to be on there. Um, my platform on is the more, yeah, my platform's more LinkedIn, but you know, some of the people on our company have said, if we want to get younger clients, We've got to start being on there. So I always look at it and say, you need to be where your clients are. Really good. So, so speaking of clients, I'm always very, very curious. And I don't think I've actually asked you this. How long ago did you have your first client in any business for anything? Are you a guy that like, did you grow up entrepreneuring lemonade stand or did you kind of divert down the road? You know, cause there's usually two different kinds of entrepreneurs. Tell me a little bit about that story of how you got into this. Uh, my, my first client, uh, was when I was in second grade, uh, Don, Elander, on. Mr. Elander, uh, was, um, across the street from us. He hired me to mow his lawn with his lawnmower. And it was, he was just a wonderful business mentor looking back on it, thinking second grade mowing a lawn. Um, but it, it worked out and he's taught me so much about business, about leadership, uh, you know, every year he used to give me a bonus and it was always taking me out on an adventure, right? He was the first person that took me up in the Sears Tower. I'd never been in an airplane uh, when I was in fifth grade. Um, he, he took me out to, uh, to fly in a Cessna. I mean, wow. It, it probably cost him, I don't know, back then, I don't know, 25 or $30. If he would have given me $30, you know, I would have spent it on candy or whatever and would have had no memory of it but that he did those meaningful things. Um, that was, that was, you know, true leadership and, and taught me a lot. So what, what kinds of things did you do outside of mowing the grass and how much did you get paid to mow the lawn? Well, and that was another thing that he taught me. He's like, um, we had, I had another customer later in life that was a, um, union, right? He worked at general mills and everything. And he always wanted to pay me by the hour. That was fine. Well, Donnie Lander, he was a businessman. He owned his own business. And so he would pay me by the job and Very he would good. tip me when it was really good. So, you know, if all of a sudden it got edged and he didn't ask for that, well, maybe he'd tip me for that. And so from that standpoint, I, I want to say it was probably $2, but I put a little caveat in there. Um, his wife would probably bring me lunch or a real Coke during it. You know, in our household, we had Fanta, uh, you know, the two liter thing, they had real Coke. And so wow. uh, when I went over there halfway through, she'd be out there uh, with a can of Coke. So it probably cost him more. And at the end of the day, his pr lawn probably looked lousy. You know, imagine a <laughs> second or third grader uh, doing it, but yeah. um, uh, it was a great, great lesson. I can imagine that. My son's in third grade right now. And this last season, before it started snowing, he, I brought him out to start mowing the lawn for the first time. And I, I could not get myself to let him do it on his own yet. 
but next year's the time. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. So from there, you know, ha- having that mentor, what, what was the plan? Were you like, I'm going to be a business guy like my neighbor or did you, what did you go to school? What'd you go to school for? Tell me kind of that brief, that, that career trajectory and always yeah. fascinating to see uh, how, how you became who you are. And you know, I grew up middle class uh, Mayberry type uh, surrounding. I'd never been more than a hundred uh, miles from my home growing up, and it was out in the western suburbs of uh, of Illinois, of Chicago. And so, to me, it was always about getting education, getting a steady job, right? So, by the grace of God, I got into the U.S. Naval Academy. Yes, and um, I have no debt perception. I'm not physically qualified to be in the Navy or in the military, but they didn't figure that out until my senior year. And by that time, they gave me a waiver. So here I am. Wow. Uh, I was in the Navy running nuclear power plants, had a great job, uh, but my commitment came up uh, just about the time where the evil empire collapsed, right around 92. And I looked at it and I said, done everything I want to. Um, By that time, I was married, had uh, two kids. And said, this is not good for my family. Uh, anybody that thanks me for my service, I'm like, thank the families. You know, they've, they've got it the hardest. So I got out of the Navy and I remember my dad telling me that I was a fool, right? Why would you leave a steady job? All you had to do was put in another 15 years. So it wasn't entrepreneurial at all. So I worked for a Fortune 500 company. That's what uh, brought me to, to Kalamazoo here. and. When I decided that I want to go out and sell 100% commission, that's when my dad taught, called me a dang fool or words to that effect. So more than a fool. It's like, not only are you leaving a military career, which you can't, I mean, that is the most uh, stable of stable in a way, right? Because mm-hmm. you can retire with a pension for the rest of your life and your wife's taken care of. Not only are you leaving that, but you're leaving a real corporate job to go sell stuff? What'd you sell? What was the first thing you sold in your new position? Orthopedic, orthopedic implants. Uh, so artificial knees, artificial hips. Uh, that's what I started out with. I assume and it wasn't door to door because that'd be a pretty tough sell. Uh, no, it was uh, hospital to hospital. Anyone need a but new I, knee? Magazine? I loved it. That's Christmas right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Buy one, buy one, get one free. Yeah. No, but, I, I loved it. Uh, I was successful with it. And my dad uh, lives long enough. Uh, he passed away about 20 years ago. Mm. But he said, you made the right decision for you. And what I came to realize wow. is that security doesn't come from a company. Um, you know, the government has cutbacks, right? Big companies have cutbacks. Um, your security comes from your ability to produce. And as long as you can do that, you've always got stability. And personally, I'd rather be paid by a hundred clients like we are now than I would one government or one fortune 500 company. Cause there's a lot more stability. And at the end of the day, um, I want to control what I do not be controlled. You know, and, and that is, that's a good point. I think for, for two reasons, um, one is exactly what you said. It's, it's fractional, uh, risk, right? You're dividing the risk. So if you have a hundred clients, all right, I really have a hundred paychecks as an entrepreneur. Whereas when you work for a company, you get one. So number one is that, but then two, you're also um, putting yourself at the top of the cutback food chain. I was reading a great book called Profit First, uh, Mike Michalowicz, um, totally revolutionized my business. But one of the things that stuck out, I'll never forget, is he said, you know, when you have to downsize something or if it's time to cut back, you're probably going to cut yourself last. (laughs) 
because if you own the business, like, you know, at, at the heart of it, at one point it was only me. And when you add more team members, you're not going to get rid of you first. So there's also that where I don't care how big the company gets, you're, unless, you know, you're Steve Jobs and you got kicked off and that's a whole different story. But like, you know, no matter how big your entrepreneurship business gets, you're going to get cut back last. Really interesting. Um, as you, as you've been growing then, what was the, the, the story behind moving from selling? I know you've done a few different things, but I want to kind of fast forward to this um, this idea of when, when you say interview valet, I know you have a way to describe it. In my mind, if I just think about it, I go, you know, it's really a specialized PR firm. And you might hate that title, but that's how I think of it in my head. Um, I want PR, I want to get media, but I want the right media. And I want the right attention. What was the turning point where you were like, you know what, why don't I do this for a living? Why don't we start a business doing this? Were you already doing PR for certain clients? Or was it a cocktail napkin idea that you just like, were like, this is it. And then you launched. Well, I don't think there's any um, revolution is sort of evolution, right? So I went from selling orthopedic implants to having my own distributorship in the state of Michigan, which sounded really great until the great recession came and they wanted to go direct and cut out the middleman. And I looked in the mirror and said, Hey, I'm the middleman. Now they bought it back. They did right by me. And that was great. But we had a sideline business, um, direct to patient durable medical equipment, you know, uh, probably the most unsexy thing out there. And we were selling it or renting it actually in Michigan. And we knew that we were doing good with it, right? We get letters back thanking us. Um, but we wondered, could you scale this up? And the recession, I didn't want to do a big bricks and mortar, uh, you know, full sales force. So I'd read a book by two smart guys at MIT, uh, Brian Halligan and Darmesh Saw, wrote a book called Inbound Marketing. And they went on to, to start HubSpot. And I remember reading that wow. book and going, I bet you this would work for e-commerce. And I called them up and, and said, hey, you know, do you have any e-commerce case studies? And they said, no, but it should work. I thought the same thing. And uh, our company became the first case study for HubSpot for e-commerce. Beretta USA, which is the oldest company in the world, was their second case study. Wow. So I didn't know we, that, Tom. Yeah, we built that company up and sold it. And then I started to look at it as I was sort of in that sabbatical phase and said, I wonder if you could use podcast interviews like we used to use guest blogs, right? So 15 years ago, uh, the hack was, Instead of writing a blog, being having it seen on by three people, you know, put it on a site that's already seen, right? Guest blog for the Huffington Post, Wall Street Journal, get that no like and trust. So this was 2014. I started to hypothesize, could you use podcast interviews the same way? And did that, it worked awesome. We were seeing conversion rates 25 times better than blogs. And this is for your company. Uh, I wasn't even had a company yet. I was doing it for some friends in a mastermind. Gotcha. That, that's what I was wondering. Okay. So the first yeah, people were, Hey, let me try this out. I'm in a mastermind. Let's get you on some podcasts. I think it'll work. And they started getting higher conversions than, Oh, it was, it was awesome. I mean, they were getting sales calls where, you know, people would call them ready to sign up because they'd already heard them for 30 or 45 minutes. You know, exposure brings opportunity. They were getting calls from all over. Their networks were growing. And at first I thought, well, it's the personality, it's the niche. So we tested it for the better part of a year. And, you know, I'd already built up and sold one business and somebody said, you should start a, a, an agency that does this. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. 
So instead, I wrote a very cheesy uh, PDF book that I was given away. And then some <laughs> people said, well, you should have an online course. So I did a basic online course from it. And Matt, it sold really well in beta, but I never took it out of beta because the people that were honest with me said that they weren't getting results, right? And you can see from the back of a course how far people have gotten through it. And the people that were honest said, listen, Tom, you've given me the cookbook. You've given me the videos. I don't want to be the chef. I want to be the guest. You take care of all the rest. And I was like, oh, that's a good tagline right there. And did they rhyme it on purpose or? I don't know if they did, but I, I remember the per- first person that told me that, I was like, oh, that's a good tagline. The best copywriters <laughs> are your customers, right? Yeah. Um, and so we started to beta test um, this idea of a full service agency to get you on podcast, to get your message heard. Uh, we started that in the fall of 2015, worked so well. We launched Interview Valet in the spring of 2016. You know, now, um, uh, so we're coming up on years, four years now as we're years, talking. Yeah. Four years later, we've grown to a team of 18, all based in North America, serving about a hundred clients. Wow. Okay. So I, I said, wow, a lot, but you're, you're wowing me, buddy. Um, that's really cool. And I just want to point something out too, that I just want to thank you for that also and commend you. Um, I'm a huge, I've had a few outsourcer um, guests on over the years, um, but I'm a huge, personally, I'm a huge fan of insourcing, you know, especially of, of work in the United States. There's just something to it. Maybe I'm a patriot. I don't know what it is. Um, but there's always ways to grow a team and grow a business by using people that are here. And I, I get there's times to do that. But you know, I remember reading Tim Ferriss's book and he's like, I don't have any employees and I have 300 people all in wherever it was, India, Malaysia or something. And go, you know, there is benefit to that for the business. There's benefit to that for the people whose their lives are changing, but there's also a lot of downside. Um, and I just, I, I just want to say thanks. And I think that's really, really cool that as you grew, you're like, you know what, let's use. And I've talked to, uh, I mean, Jamie comes off the top of my head, you know, she's wonderful. Uh-huh. And I know I've seen some new names now coming through because you're sending me every month or so, hey, I got a, I got a great guest here, great guest there. And I think probably about 90% of them I can take and it fits and it's just, it's such a lovely thing. So I want to get to all that as well. So first off, thank you. I think that's awesome. Well, I, I think that this business model, work is what you do, not where you go. And, you know, for me to try to find the best people in the world in Kalamazoo just doesn't work. Nor can I be running a worldwide business and say, we're open nine to five uh, East Coast hours, unless there's a snowstorm. So this allows that flexibility. And we've gotten some of the best, best team members, right? Military spouses, um, people that are highly educated, uh, highly, um, highly experienced. And I remember one asking her, why do you want to work for our company? Right? Uh, To me, she was so overqualified. And she's like, I want a career. I love podcasting. I love what you're doing. And I know that with my husband's career, I'm going to be moving around every 18 months. So with this, it uh, gives me the flexibility. So um, my thought is, is that when you open up the pool to find more workers, you can find better team members there too. That's outstanding. That's outstanding. So let's talk a little bit about what, what you're doing then. Because I love, again, um, when I think PR, which is in, in a vague way, that's where it would fit. It's like, hey, I need to get my voice out. I need to get my brand out. That's what people think. But PR is usually a lot of just throw a bunch of random press releases and things at the wall. And then you're on a weird blog and you're in some newspaper in Houston. Maybe someone read it. Maybe they didn't. 
And that's all wonderful. But you targeting to that, like that 10% and only on podcasting. Um, I think we talked about already kind of why podcasting, you know, it's a long form interview. It's replaces blogs in so many ways. It can be repurposed, of course. Um, but cooler is, you know, one of the, the stats that I look at too with podcasting is that the vast majority of people, well over 50% of people listen to all or most of the podcast. I think it's like 80 something percent was the last study I read that of people who listen to podcasts, listen to all of it or most of it, which means you can have a nice hour long or 40 minute or 30 minute interview. And they're not listening for three seconds, like on Facebook live. They're not listening for two minutes. They're listening for 25 or 30, or once they like you, they're going to listen to the whole thing. So you become a guest on someone's show and you're most, most likely your entire story is going to be heard, not little snippets, which is really good if you're, especially if you're doing story arc and you're building, uh, you know, out of your interview, you're telling your story, you're explaining why, and then you're kind of presenting a tool or a, a service or, or a solution. Um, it's a lot different than like an Instagram ad. So I'm, I'm with you on that. When you built this then, is your plan to continue podcast is the thing? Is there anything else that's in the horizon? Or is this the thing that works, the thing you're sticking with? And this is what this is your flag in the ground? You know, our, our mission statement is to personally introduce inspiring thought leaders to millions of ideal customers they could serve for the betterment of all. Nowhere in there does it say podcasting. Could you say and, that one more time? That was very, very good. Sure. It's I just want to make sure everyone got that so you don't have to rewind. Hit it. Yeah. It, it's to personally introduce inspiring thought leaders to millions of ideal customers they could serve for the betterment of all. So and good. To me, I, I think we get stuck in the tactics, right? Yep. Um, what, what's the what's the best platform? You know, um, ask your ask your son what the pod stands for in podcast. He'll look at you like you're crazy, right? He doesn't know what an iPod is. And, you know, I, <laughs> That's right. I, I, I think back on it and um, there's a lot of people out there that are telling us, break through the noise, break through the noise. Um, and I think they're the people that are selling us the megaphones and we're all getting louder um, and well nobody's, get, nobody's getting heard. Yeah. You don't trust it. You don't trust a megaphone salesman when he talks about why you need a megaphone, right? Yeah. Um, and really it's getting in on the discussion. So to me, it's like, how can how can you get in on the discussion that people are already listening to? How can you get personal referrals, right? Because if somebody hears you on a podcast interview, that's a personal referral, right? They, they know Matt, they trust him. Matt's their friend. Matt has vetted the guest. And now you're listening into a 30 or 45 minute conversation. You know, uh, my grandfather used to have to do that over, you know, a round of golf with a couple other people that he could meet. We get to do it over podcasts and just that idea of building the relationship. And if you're, if you're selling a consumable, if you're selling a widget, um, if you're selling a transaction, yeah, three seconds might be good enough, right? Uh, it's, the, it's the lowest cost one. Sure, it's sure. an impulse buy. But if I'm looking to build a relationship with somebody, you know, a brand, if this is a big ticket item, if this is a consultant that I want to work with long term, you know, I am not going to hire my, my accountant off a three, three second Instagram ad. You know, I want to know who they are, what their heart is, that sort of thing. So to me, your question was, is podcast the biggest thing? No. Communication 
is the biggest thing. Personal referrals are the biggest thing. Um, human connection, getting people to know, like, and trust you. Building because relationships. The, yeah, because at the end of the day, um, we don't need more leads. We need more ideal customers. And this, uh, I was speaking at an event one time and somebody on the panel said, you need 75 new leads a day. And I looked and I said, I couldn't take 75 new customers a day. And they're like, no, not, not no, customers, leads. but These leads. Just names of people. Yeah. And I'm like, I'd rather, why would I want to waste their time if, if I, they couldn't be a great customer? So from that standpoint, uh, if you want leads, there's a lot better ways to do it. If you want great customers, ideal customers, lifetime value, man, the, you've got to have a discussion. They've got to know who you are. Well, and, and, let, and let's show them. I want to show you guys exactly, uh, excuse me, exactly how it works. So Tom and I, we've been having a nice conversation about half an hour. Um, I think you're getting to know Tom and you certainly should be. By the way, you can follow Tom at Thomas M. Schwab. It's S-C-H-W-A-B. Uh, Thomas M. Schwab on LinkedIn and then Thomas Schwab on Facebook. Search and look for a guy who looks like the nicest guy you've ever met. Um, and that'll be him. I promise you that. Also, if you go to interviewvalet.com slash driven, interviewvalet.com slash driven, um, he put up, and it was really cool you did this. It's something you do for all your clients. Um, he put up a really nice um, page on his website just for you. So it shows, you'll see my face, you'll see Tom's face, and it's, it's basically thanking you to be a driven entrepreneur guest. It's really like, like go there if nothing else, go there to see how that's done and why that's so important. Tell me a little bit about, um, briefly, number one, why you do that page that way versus, because people come on shows all the time, they go, hey, here's my free gimmick, um, go here or go to Amazon and get my book or whatever. Why do you put up a page for every single, like if you have a client and you book them on say 10 shows, you put up a page for every single show they're going on, an independent page. Why do you do that? And then second is, what are we going to find on uh, interviewvalet.com slash driven? So your first question, why do we build a separate page on their website for every interview? Because it works. Why does it work? I'm, I'm an engineer. I'm big on, on studies and data. So you think about it, you've got to do something to get people to move from being a passive listener to an active visitor and an engaged lead. So you don't want to just tell them, go to my Facebook, go to my Twitter. If you give them too many choices, it's just going to confuse them. The other thing is this is active or this is evergreen content, Matt. So we're talking in 2020. There's somebody right now in 2025 that's listening to it. If they go to the homepage, I guarantee in five years, my homepage is going to change. And it's going to um, uh, just bounce that traffic. The other thing is that if somebody goes to interviewvalet.com forward slash driven, I know where they came from, right? So you can attribute that traffic. And, and I'll just pull back the curtain and show you why it works. The first thing that loads on that is Matt's picture, right? The podcast artwork. So it's a trust seal. Then we talk about how you found us, a little bit about what we talked about. And then there's always three offers on it. And I know digital marketers will tell you one call to action. I don't disagree with them, but three have always converted best. Meet people where they are. So a small call to action, right? A, a little win. You know, there's the nine secrets to getting booked on your, your, um, uh, your first uh, podcast. There's a, a checklist. It's the same checklist that I use. Checklists are written in blood. Make sure it's yeah, somebody and, else's and if blood. You're, if you're not just listening on the radio or on a podcast, but you're on YouTube or something or Facebook, I get a checklist right here. 
This is something, Tom, um, as a client, you sent me this. Um, you can download it for free at interviewvalet.com slash driven. But I, I just want to plug this real quick because as a client, of course, you sent me a nice laminated hard copy of this and I use it like still to this day. It was a couple years ago when, when we did this, I use it all the time when I'm a guest. It's, you know, you break down what to do 10 minutes before the call from tweeting out how you're so excited or sending on social media to putting the do not disturb sign on your door so you don't get knocked. It's, it's all the big things and the little things to make you the best guest possible. They will love you. They'll be so excited about you. And um, you won't like little things like, you know, your, your family, if you're at home, like I am, aren't going to knock on the door. They know you're recording right now. And then, you know, like, I love this one. This changed my life. Pause the automatic syncing on Dropbox. If you're using Dropbox or something that's, you know, syncing in the background, it takes up a huge amount of bandwidth. Pause that. So I quit Dropbox before our call right now to make sure that there's no lag in our conversation. So that little thing, as silly or small as a tech thing is, that changed my life. It changed the entire podcast. And then all the way to what to do at the call, during the recording, and even after the recording to get the most out of the relationship, to continue things growing. Um, so I won't, I won't, I'm not going to give away a bunch of what else is on here, but go to interviewvalet.com slash driven, get that interview checklist and check it out. If you ever plan on being a guest, and especially if you're listening, you have your own show, goodness sakes, get this because you'll use it uh, just as well. And then lastly, Tom, tell me about, uh, I know your book, you're doing a new edition of even, we talked about that before we mm -hmm. went to tape, um, podcast guest profits, grow your business with a targeted interview strategy. It's a phenomenal book. And I believe you can get the digital book, the ebook download for free right on that site. And you can pick up a hard copy on Amazon if you want as well. Exactly. Uh, we open openly share what we do. It's uh, it's not magic. It's it's not a secret. It's a system. It's a system that uh, has been proven and tested and it's all in that book. Very good. Tom, thank you so much for your time, brother. I appreciate it. It's really good to see your face. Great to reconnect with you. Um, looking forward to the next time you're up visiting your daughter uh, and college in Grand Rapids. Uh, looking forward to catching up with you again. Please do text. Let me know when you're in town. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Tom. All right, guys, that's the show for today, this week. Uh, use this, man. Everything Tom said is so true. I use it in my business. Whether you host a podcast, you want to be a guest on a podcast, or you just want to meet more referral, more ideal clients. I really like, I believe this in my heart. You know, I mean, go to iTunes and search my name or search Tom Schwab's name. You'll see a plethora of podcasts. And it's like, why? Well, that's because we've been guests on all those shows. The more shows you can be on, the more you're going to be in front of those ideal people. So get out there and do that. Um, make sure you rate, subscribe, and review if you haven't already. I know I say it every time, but it's only because if I'm still talking to you and it's still nagging, just pop over to iTunes. However many stars you want is fine. I don't really care. But if you do something, it's going to help a lot. Leave a, a review of something. It can be positive or negative. Again, I don't care. Be honest. But do something to let us know how much you love or hate the show. Um, and I'll see you next Friday with an awesome interview with a phenomenal entrepreneur just like Tom Schwab. Thanks, everyone. Get out there and crush it. <laughs>